One of my gifts, one of my spiritual gifts is stubbornness. Have you read about that one, right? And uh, I think it's like long-suffering, but there's, 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 there's edges to it, you know. But in other words, once I start on a, a course of, a course is hard for me to, uh, to, to bail out. I have at times, but as I look at this passage, now, to, of course, the series is twisted, which is kind of like, uh, that invokes all kinds of interesting thoughts and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and probably the wrong kind of thoughts. Um, I just remember the, the, the old rock and roll group called Twisted Sister, and, and but it kind of, <laughs> yeah, I was around then, I was around then. But, but obviously, the, this means something different, it's, uh, but it's, it's to elicit some, your thinking on this. The message today is promises, and, and, and the question was, what's a promise to you? Now, many of us have, heard, have received, uh, have, been on the, have, have broken our promises, right? Have you ever promised somebody something that you didn't come through on? I'm, I'm not necessarily asking uh, for a show of hands, but... I've got mine up. I probably have. I probably promised things that I didn't come through on. Sometimes because I, in, in times past, because I didn't want to. Other times because I never intended to. And, other, and, and perhaps, hopefully, uh, I didn't follow through on promises because circumstances kept me from fulfilling those. Now, so that should, quite frankly, make us very, very careful about what comes out of our mouth and how, what we promise. Uh, and recognize as a pastor, sometimes I see a lot of hurting people, right? And the, the truth is, pain visits us all. And as pastor, I get to kind of like, for, for many of you, I've been able to, you've, you've granted me permission to walk with you in that, okay? Now, in my youth, in, when I was a young pastor and, and just wanted to take people's pain away, I've gotten to where I don't have the need to take everybody's pain away because, quite frankly, sometimes we simply have to go through things, don't we? And, and it makes us grow up and, and be big boys and big girls, right? You know, and, and teaches us what decisions to make and, and how to make better decisions, etc., but uh, there, when early on, as, as a young pastor, and I was a chaplain at the time, I, I felt this great burden to take everybody's pain away from them. And in that context, I would make promises. You know, you ever buy anybody else's issues? You know, you just own them for them? It's a bad idea. And, uh, but with, with time, and, and, uh, with time and, and, and hopefully with some, some level of credibility, uh, I've learned that you don't do that, you let God, okay? You do what you can and you let God, okay? Because God knows you, God loves you, God has, all, God, God, has, God has a plan, even in the midst. I don't care how bad it gets, how bad it looks, God, God still is there, okay? Jesus is still there. And there will be a tomorrow by God's grace and his plan, Okay? It may look really, really dark right now, and you can't see the horizon, but God is on the other side. Okay? The Scripture bears this out, and I'm just speaking from my heart, but the Scripture bears this out. I'll tell you right now, experience bears this out as a pastor, as a man, as a, as a Christian. Experience bears this out, that God will see us through. God will keep us. Now, that's not exactly everything that the, that the that this series and this, the message is about. Uh, it's about 
uh, when, when we talk about Twisted, when I think about Twisted and the passages that are, that, that are my focus, uh, it, this is about how God's word, uh, his words to us, sometimes get so twisted that the intention is missed. Okay? Now, there are reasons that this happens. They're honest mistakes. Okay? I pick up the Bible and I start reading and I just kind of pull stuff out. And I, I just, you know... It takes me a while as I grow and I learn how to apply God's word. Sometimes God's word gets twisted. You know, I remember the old thing, and you've heard me say it. I remember my, my old doper friends used to say, doesn't this Bible say that every herb of the field was mad? Okay, okay, you, you get it. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's twisted, okay? Can I say a perfect example of how that's twisted? And that's not an honest mistake. That's kind of like a motivational mistake. This is what I wanted to say. You ever, you, ever, you ever go to the Bible thinking, I mean, this is what I want the Bible to say? So I can justify my uh, uh, certain, certain particular lifestyle that, that I'm living. Sometimes it's sincere ignorance that, that, that people get kind of twisted on. Uh, uh, they just don't know. They just, ignorance is not stupid. Ignorance is not knowing. Okay? I'm ignorant of, of, of rocket science. Doesn't mean I'm stupid. I'm ignorant of it. And some people are ignorant of scriptures. And, you know, um, or they take one piece and then they apply it everywhere. Uh, sometimes it's, it's the, the reasons the scriptures get twisted is because we've personified God. And, and what I mean by that is we try to make God in our own image. Okay. Now, that, 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 that goes in every direction, all right? Now, you'd have to think about that a little bit. Sometimes we make God in our image. Uh, you, I, I heard a sermon once upon a time, if I were God. Well, well, I'm not God. And if I were God, there things would be a whole lot different, right? Uh, if I were God, uh, probably, I mean, it, depending upon how I was feeling at the, uh, at the time, some would get in and some wouldn't, you know? I mean, you understand that. You understand. But sometimes we personify God. I mean, the big thing out there right now, and this is twisted, God is love. That's a, that's a passage of Scripture, isn't it? So if God is love, he accepts everything that I do. That's twisted, all right? But that's out there. Now, what's the motivation behind that? Uh, I want to do what I want to do. And I want God to be on my side. Okay? I mean, that's out there. Do you know that not that, that love sometimes will, will give you, a, a per, the person who's in your life who loves you will chastise you and spank you and say the right thing. Okay? Say the right thing, even when you don't want to hear it. Sometimes you won't take that from a pastor. Sometimes we won't take that from anyone because we're so focused on what we want. I, I was with, um, I mentioned this last week, I was with a group of people uh, in this training, and there were a couple of pastors, and this was just a week or so ago, uh, uh, and, and, and one of the values that came, some of them were social workers, some were, you know, just a, a variety of people who help, and uh, there was a, a thing that we did, but, but uh, it was a, kind of a scenario and training, and what, it came, what came out uh, as I sat around the table with about six other people, most of them ladies and, and social workers, the thing that they valued most in a friend is just to support them in any, any decision that they made. 
whatever they decided. And it's one of those things that's like, I'm not going to judge. You, I'm going to support, support you in any, anything that you decide. Okay? Sounds good. And I kind of like that, except that what I value in a friend is someone who will wound me when I need it. Because the scripture, uh, the scripture says that the wounds of a friend are faithful. I need to hear your best shot. I need you to tell me what you really think. I may disagree with it, but I need to hear it from you. Okay? And I value that. Because the scripture says the wounds of a friend are faithful. A, a friend will, 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 will take the risk of the relationship, and you'll bear the risk because you love them. Okay? Doesn't that make sense? Okay, um, so sometimes uh, the word of God gets twisted because that we make anonymous mistakes, sometimes complete ignorance. We don't know the scriptures. We've just heard things said about the scriptures, and that becomes a part of, of our whole thing. You know, like uh, God said that. No, he didn't say that. That's just kind of like it's out there. It's, it's anecdotal stuff that people say, and that becomes a part of it. Sometimes the word of God gets twisted because we intentionally bend it so that we can justify our actions and we use God. Now, I've I've already mentioned that earlier, but we do that. We do that. We can do that. Hopefully, we're aware of it. All right. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Now, this is a little different. And I'm going to go with uh, several ways with this because an oath is not a vow. Okay, an oath is not a vow. Let's, let's, read, let's read Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Very short passage of Scripture. Again, let me, let me give, throw some context here. Early on, Jesus begins ministry. And the first thing he says to them, he, he provides to them something we call the Beatitudes. Or, or uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And what he said to those people was so unique to them, they were blown away. They hadn't heard teaching like this. They hadn't heard that. They had heard, rule, 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 and this is how it goes. And, and Jesus be, began to go, not, not, not only to the rules, but to the heart of God. And if you'll read, if you'll read the Beatitudes, or if you will read uh, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount, understanding and knowing that, that, that Jesus is going, is penetrating, pushing beyond just the words to the intention of the, tra- of the teaching. And at end, and you might say encapsulated in the intention of that teaching is the heart of God, is who he is. Because what he says is really who he is. Does that make sense? All right. He says, again, I, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but you shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. Okay. Another translation would, would call these oaths. Okay, well, I said earlier, oaths are not vows. There's, there's some differences I want to make. The scripture says, don't make false vows, but you shall, but shall, but you shall not make false vows, but you shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. And I say to you, make no oath at all. Jesus said this. Either by heaven, for it is the throne of God. Or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make any oath by your head. For you cannot make one hair white or black. 
But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. Now, an oath in this context, you've got to understand that, that Jesus was, again, he's moving to what, what commandment? He, every one of these things, you have heard it said, but I say to you, was connected with, to one of the commandments in the Scripture. Okay? So again, he said, I have not come to break the law or destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Then he goes on to explain these things through these kinds of teaching. So again, what's the, you know, that you should not take the Lord's, uh, that, you, that you should not lie, that you should not take the Lord's name in vain, Right? Okay? Those were the, those were the, 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 the uh, uh, commandments. And here we have him saying, making this connection here. Now, an oath, and if you look in the Old Testament, and that's the context here, because that's what he was teaching. He was, uh, he was, he was teaching the people uh, that, that, let me back up. An oath was generally used to verify that the words one is speaking were true. You read about it in Leviticus. They would take oaths. And again, they would say, I swear by, or I would take this oath. And again, what they would do, the reference was that God would be their witness. Does that make sense? Now, Again, earlier, uh, in, in, earlier, in earlier messages, I said that the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people at the time, had kind of twisted some of this stuff. Okay? And, uh, and, and one of the ways that they twisted this one was that they had this whole series of, of, uh, a series of, of levels of where they could make oaths that somehow they thought that it wasn't connected to God. In other words, uh, it was institutionalized. And you can read about this. And let me, let me read this. This, this third commandment, uh, a false oath misuses or takes in, vain, uh, takes in vain God's name since oaths by definition called on a deity to, wit, to witness them. Breaking an oath was dangerous for in all societies, oaths contained curses that deities would avenge if the person who swore uh, by them broke the oath. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, Jesus was simply saying, tell the truth. Just tell the truth. He picked up another misapplication of that present generation's uh, religious leadership. They were making vows. And again, he's teaching here. They were making vows they didn't intend to keep. They were taking oaths, uh, and, and, they, and by way of using the oath by God, or by, and, and essentially what they would say, now, they wouldn't say, by Jehovah, by God. They would say, I swear by my head. I swear by the footstool of God's throne. Okay? I swear by the temple and the stones that, you know, the whole point there was they were trying to skirt. Yeah, as long as they, they did these things, they didn't quite get to God, right? And so they, they could somehow slip under and not, uh, find, I mean, they didn't intend to keep these things. Okay? So Jesus, and that, that's why we get this, this, this idea in this passage says, don't make your vows according to that, because you can't even make one hair white. Or, in my case, 
one hair brown, you know, so I guess I can't. If I go, if I go to the place that some of you go, I could get my hair brown, right? <laughs> you know, I came, when I came here, it was brown. I don't know how. Maybe it's all the beautiful leaves that turned it here, you know? I don't know. In the Old Testament, the background for vows and you might say oaths was found in Leviticus, the 19th chapter, Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 23. And, uh, you know, the truth is uh, a vow or an oath was something that uh, was, was something that, well, a vow and an oath, even though it, it, it's used simultaneously, there's, there is some differences, but they're connected an oath was uh, the form, and the vow was what, but they were connected. The oath was the oath was what I said. Or I mean, how I invoked uh, invoked my belief in what truth was. Okay, you remember? You remember as your kids? Uh, I remember as a kid. I mean, if we really, really wanted our brothers and sisters to believe our lies, we said we solemnly swear. Ever, ever use that one, kids? Maybe it was just my generation. <laughs> Solemnly swear when you're, four, when you're 12. Really? <laughs> but, but again, what we were trying to do was to kind of like convince. We were saying, it's really true. It's really true. But in this, in this case, in this context, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had developed a whole system of oaths and vows. And the whole intent was to skirt God and a skirt uh, somehow uh, being really held accountable if they broke their vow. That's that's what's behind this passage. If you ever if you read it and say, I don't get this. Okay? What you didn't know was that there was a whole, you might say, just like just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and and the religious leaders today, remember the passage where Jesus said, He says, uh, the scripture says to honor your father and your mother, but you have created this law that says that if what if mom, dad, everything that I, that I have that would have helped you to solve your issues and to contribute to you, I dedicated it to God. See? And Jesus uh, uh, wrapped their knuckles really hard. He slapped them around and said, look, how is it that you by your own laws or your own twisting of God's word can negate God's, uh, God, God's plan and God's law. And that's really what we're doing when, when, we're using, when, when folks are using this illicit motivation. And that's why they had this whole rack of levels of, of, of oaths that they could, you know, in other words, we didn't have to go to the regular oath. Let me swear by my head. That is true. And if I don't make it, you know, if I don't somehow get through there, then I'm not, you know, I won't, I won't receive the, the same kind of uh, you mean, response from God. I won't be held accountable, okay? Now, oaths, oaths, uh, vows or oaths are something that, that is true. Now, let me, let me, I've got a lot of material here and I don't want to get into, but let, let's slip over to the place where we take vows. Gee, let me back up just, just a moment. He said, anything beyond this, let your yes be yes, your no, no. 
Anything beyond this is from, from evil. And what he was pointing to was not so much the vow, but that which was behind it, the motivation to deceive. Using whatever legal loopholes. Now, now you and I say, well, that doesn't have a whole lot to do with us, but yet, perhaps and perhaps not. We, our word's supposed to be pretty good, isn't it? Has, it? has it always been good? Maybe not. I don't know what your life, your past life is. We get ourselves into things where, uh, where, where, you know, we, we intention, don't intentionally get ourselves into situations, but living a life as unbelievers, our rules are different. We may know the right thing to do, but the scripture talks about it. It talks about it. sometimes we don't know, we don't have the, the strength within us to do them, right? Huh? Yeah. Anybody with me on that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but in this life, we use our words and we, use, and, and we do take vows, don't we? We do take vows. We say we're going to, a vow is simply this. In our world, in our time, I will do this and I promise. That's why I've re- related this down to a promise. Yeah? Jesus said, let your yes be yes, your no, no. What he's really saying is just be honest. Just be truthful. Don't lie. Some of the things that I mentioned before had to do with litigation, laws, and all that other stuff. Let's move, move to another place. Relationships and vows and promises. Okay? Because it's the same God who says, I want you to be truthful. I want you to be good to your word. Right? In, in our lives, probably one of the, the greatest places that we would, or, or a place where we would make some important vows, have to do with the people around us, Right? And we may not even call them vows, but I, I remember when I stand in front of people, yeah, let's read the vows. Okay? So marriage is a place where people make vows and promises to one another. How many of us know that, that, that that's got limited success in our world? And, 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 you know, and sometimes things are broken, and you did everything you knew to do, and it broke anyway. Because how many of us know that it takes two? In any marriage, any relationship, in any relationship, we know it takes two. We're not in this alone. I'm not in this alone. Valley's birthday is today, 29 again, right, darling? We've been married 38, almost 38 years. I keep pushing it that next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. But... Uh, and many of you are, have been married beyond that. I'm looking back at, uh, back, back at, back at Gordy and, yeah, yeah. That's, they've been married longer, but, but, you know, there were some vows that took place there, okay? Made some promises. Made some promises. God wants us to keep our promises. In fact, you know, if, if, if what Jesus said just kind of knocked out vows, Oaths, then we wouldn't have seen um, uh, seen the oaths and the vows that were taking place in, in in the book of Acts with Paul. Okay, remember? I mean, there was almost this uh, Nazarite kind of a vow that that he and some of his uh, some of his fellow disciples took. Okay, wasn't bad, but it was in, uh, but it was intentional. What Jesus is speaking to here is the motivation behind the vows. He's saying, "Look, let's make this clear. Just be true. Just be true." But today, we do make some vows in marriage. 
we make unspoken vows to the children we produce, right? We do. We make... Uh, we might make some promises that we, that we share with them. You know, you know I, I kind of like that. I kind of like, as a, as a married man, I, I look at my wife and I say, I'll never leave you. Bang. It starts with that. This, the, that, that spiritual gift I mentioned earlier really helps out. <laughs> you know, that, that gift of stubbornness. I think that's in, 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 in Acts or someplace, something like teasing. You know, and the thing is, sometimes you just need to be able to just, here I stand. I will not move. Okay? I like that. I like that. Circumstances don't move you. Because you've said this is what I will do. Marriage. Unspoken, to, unspoken vows to your children. Uh, I love you. I will never, I, I will always take care of you. Always be there for you. Friendships. Things take place between very close friends. Community. You know, I've, I've thought, I, you know, it's like anytime you join an organization, sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll make an agreement. Whether you call that a vow or not, it's an agreement that it's your word is on the line, right? So could I say this? Could I say this? Uh, and I was mentioning this earlier. Someone asked me about what I thought a promise was. I said, look, I find a promise that I, I really, I will, I, will, I will do everything I can now to keep my word but I'm real cautious about how I, keep my, that, how I give my word. You understand that? Because we don't want to be, in a sense, flippant and casual about things that are going, that may potentially cost. That when we step into a relationship, when we say, I will or I do, that we know what that means. Does that make sense? Vows. Let me, slip, uh, let me slide another way. Now, I've already looked, we've already looked at the scriptures. I've already told you what that passage means. Now, I want to extrapolate, just go a little further and talk about just our language. I've, I've talked about our, our personal vows and our personal agreements that we've made with people. But let's move even further because we're, we're, from where do these things come and what do we use when we speak? Let's talk about just, just quickly about language. James tells us in the third chapter, he says, not many of you should become teachers. We, we blessed our teachers today. My brothers, because you, uh, for you know not, for, for, you, for you know that we, we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. Talks about the tongue. As the smallest member. But it sets on fire. Many, many things. And the fire is kindled by, sometimes by hell. 
when we enter into relationships, enter into agreements, we do so, we use our language, we use our tongues, we use our, our voice. And as a believer, the, scripture tell, the Bible tells us a lot about how we should communicate with one another. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. They're out of place, but let, it, let there be thanksgiving. In Colossians, he, says, uh, he, he talks about slander and malice. He says, put them away. Obscene talk, put them away. Matthew, the 15th chapter, says that that which, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Exodus, the 20th chapter, that's Old Testament, but it talks about the person who uses the name of the Lord in vain will not be guiltless. Proverbs, the 4th chapter, put away crooked speech, put a devious talk far away from you. On and so forth and so on. Let your speech be gracious and sprinkled with grace. Where does, this, where does this passage take us? It takes us, at least it takes, takes, takes me in several places. First, it takes me to a place where, uh, where I don't have a whole lot of connection. You know? We don't have a whole list of rules that say, okay, this oath is okay, and that oath is okay, and then Jesus says it's not okay. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Maybe that's where we need to be on, on this given Sunday morning. We're real loose. Can I say, as, as a pastor, let me just be pastoral here. We're real loose with our language. We're, we're real loose about the kinds of things we say. Children, adults, I mean, I read the, I read the posts on, on Facebook. I hear our conversations. We're loose. Many of us have made promises to this organization, that organization, this church, that church, whatever, people around us, and then we promptly forget about it. Not to be. That's not how God wants us to be. He said, when he said, let your yes be yes and your no, no, he's saying, look, walk in, walk in truthfulness. Live there. You know, when, when, I, say, when, when I say something, my, my daughters, my daughter, my wife, you need to be able to look at me and say, good is done. Good is done. Good is done. When you say something to your wife, she should be able to just kind of like, good is done. When you say something to your children, when you make a promise, they should be able to say, good is done. Or there'll be a, there'll be a really good reason why it can't be done. Beyond his or her control. Yeah. I don't know where this fits as a, as, as, a, as a teaching that we need. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps where we need to be is, is that God is, is not just speaking that provides, you might say, the seeds and all the things that grow and, and speaking the word of God and all those things. It's not just all the other things. Uh, 
You know, it's like how, how many people will, will, will follow these teachings, follow some of the teachings that, you know, you speak the word of God, you speak the word of God, and, and it's creative, and, all, and that's true. But there's another side, that your word is etern- can be eternal and has, and has impacts on, on your children, on the family members, the people around you. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Musicians. As I said to you before, this was not something that I found simple to, to share with you. As I looked and, looked and saw the scriptures and I saw how that it had, had it was, the, in, the influence of it was tied deeply to some circumstances that were taking place in Israel at the time and the laws and all that. I, I said, God, how do we make this come alive to us and mean something to us? And where I went with that this morning, you, you heard, is that let your yes be yes and your no, no. You're a believer. That should be something that you and I pull in and live. Amen? Amen. Stand with us. Let's worship the Lord.